Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Woo! All right, we made it to Sunday morning. Wow! It's, uh, we've been slugging it out. We've been just pouring it on here. So I'm happy to be here. I'm uh, excited to meet the early service on Sunday morning. You guys are classically famous all over the world for being the most engaged emotional group. (laughs) Probably because you just had your coffee first. I don't know what it is, but uh, everybody dressed in red over there. Is that a particular group? Yes, are we? Yes, we're the red coats. Yes. Well, good morning. The what? A sorority of some. Well, there you go. There we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I noticed. I noticed. I noticed. Um, well, I would just like to th- tell you a couple things. One being about the Life Academy that. Uh, I don't have time to go into it. I don't have time like I do in the conference to actually go over all this. But uh, this is where what I do primarily is pour strength into families, into relationships, and into leadership development. So that's what I uh, have poured so much time, energy, and strength into is this online school where you can get a bunch more stuff of what you've heard me talk about in the conference so far and or what I'm going to talk about uh, on this morning. And uh, it's, it's, available, it's available out there on these little cards. You just pick up a card. It's got a little, little card on the back like an Amazon card or an iTunes card and a little code. And, you know, if you don't know how to do it, just ask a teenager. Okay, they will have a 10-year-old. Ask a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old will lead you through the steps of getting all that you paid for. And today, just so you know, it's 50% off out there. So you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. How many people in here have been uh, going to church for at least 10 years? Hallelujah. Okay, that is plenty of time to be preached out of your dreams. Okay, for whatever reason, somewhere in Christianity, we learned that your dreams are of the devil, of the flesh, selfish. And I need you to understand something, that you were created to not only dream, but to see those things come to pass. You were created to have incredible hope to see things important to you happen. And when they don't, your heart gets sick. Your heart gets sick, your blood fills with toxins, and you walk around diseased. And it comes out of your mouth. Your own discouragement comes out of your mouth. And you'll run into another believer who's full of dreams. Woohoo! Oh my gosh! You know, the Lord is good, God is good. And you say, hey, 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 let me disciple you. <laughs> you need to give up on your dreams. 
It's no longer you who live, but everyone who lives instead of you. <laughs> People who don't know Jesus are the most hopeful about their dreams. Welcome to the church. What? How did that happen? We got, our daddy is the king of kings, the king of glory. Our daddy is the limitless one. We are sons and daughters of the limitless one. Thank you for that. The rest of you, please catch on. If I say something that you know, you say, amen. Okay? Jesus loves you. See there, you knew that. When I hit you with stuff you don't know, then you can do this. Because then it's appropriate. But this doing this while I'm telling you stuff you know, that sounds like you're not listening. Or you got something in your ear and you're listening to something else. Instagram or something. Jesus loves you. See, it's working. It's working. In Psalm 126, we see that... Uh, those who have been captive, God's people have been held captive. They've been released. And they're rejoicing. They're rejoicing that they're no longer slaves. They're no longer captives. But they, in fact, are free. Free people. Free people have a certain sound to them. Their mouths are filled with laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Woo-hoo. They become like those who dream. They have hope. They're looking forward. Slavery steals that from you. Salvation and redemption opens it back up again. And then all of a sudden, the testimony is just rolling out of their mouth. Oh, God, it's so good. You're not going to believe what he did for me. You're not going to believe. You know what he did for us? You know what he's doing for the other people around me? And pretty soon, we become a testimony community where we're just sharing the goodness of God and what he's doing. And he's doing it in such a unique way that it, it's, it's specific to you. This is what makes you so excited when things important to you are taken care of. I mean, I know it's, it's noble to be, rejoice for others. Oh, I'm happy for you. Oh, you won the lottery. Hallelujah. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, you got a new car. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, oh, you back? Got healed. That's awesome. I can't pay my rent. I'm walking to work because my back is killing me. <laughs> Praise the Lord for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> now that is not. I understand how noble all that is. I got. It. I know. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who. Weep. I got it. I got it. I got it. That's not all, though. There's a whole bunch more, and I don't know how this became so dangerous in the church to have great dreams. What do you dream about? What are your dreams? I, I know a guy who met a stranger in an airport. And the stranger says, hey, Matt, what are your dreams? And he says, well, my dream is to travel the world and dance with people. I just like to dance. I want to get everybody in the world dancing. He says, seriously? I'm going to help you see that dream realized. How much do you think that costs to send Matt around the world to see his dreams realized? Stranger meets a stranger and says, I'd love to see your dreams come true. How many of you have children? How many of you hope to see their dreams come true someday? How many of you would uh, 
give whatever you could or had to help those dreams come true? How many of you think you are better than God? It's strange that we seem to love our children more than we see him loving us. Good morning. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, I don't know how this happened, but we, we imagine that you're a child. You walk up to your child and say, honey... We had a really great Christmas this year. It was so amazing. You can have anything you want. I mean, we had a really great year you could, this Christmas. You can have whatever you want. Ask me whatever you want for Christmas. It's, it's going to happen this year, baby. What, what do you want? What do you want? And your child says, oh, Father, not my will, but your will be done. No, honey, no, no, I mean, I mean, anything, anything at all. Sky's the limit. Nothing. You can, it's, there's nothing stopping you this year, baby. What do you want? Oh, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. <laughs> baby, baby, what, hap what happened? Did you go to church? <laughs> Where did you learn to see me that way? Who taught you out of my goodness towards you? If we... Being carnal, human, selfish, basically, know how to give good gifts to our children. How much better at this is he than we are? But somewhere, somehow, we, we lost the fact that we have been designed to put the reason we're on this planet on display by what it is our heart desires. Your dreams give you away. They show the world around you why you're here. I mean, one person's dreams are another person's hell. I dream of one day dancing in a tight leotard on the stage in front of thousands of people. Yeah, that's what they're going to make me do in hell. <laughs> Your dreams make you unique. Anybody have more than one child? Anybody get two exactly the same? No, how's this happen? Because they're your children. Your children are different. They, they desire different things. They live different ways. They interpret the planet different ways. As do God's children. Do you know how many combinations of DNA there are? We still haven't reached it. We're not replicating humans yet. They're still uniquely designed. And what gives you away is your desire, your dreams, the things that you long to see and hope for. It's you, and it's your daddy watching you. It's your daddy who knows that about you. 
So we dream great dreams, and we, and we dream great dreams in partnership with God. And in doing so, once you do that, it, it ruins you. It just ruins you. I, you, you, you. You dream great dreams, and it'll just, it'll just ruin any, any earthly dream you had. I went to uh, Brazil with Randy Clark 20 years ago. It was my first trip with him, and I had no idea really what I was stepping into. I thought, you know, I thought I knew a few things. I, I, I was shocked. In, in 10 days, I saw over 2,000 miracles. I, I forgot most of them. I, I think I can remember like three of them. Just, eventually, you're just like, okay, enough, enough miracle. <laughs> Is anybody writing this stuff down? I remember we were on this bus, and we, we left the hotel, and Randy tells this group of 40 people, we had 12 from Bethel, the rest of them were just from all over the United States, had never seen miracles. They had come on this trip to see miracle. And uh, we're from Bethel, so we, you know, we see miracles. We, we, we see, you know, like, <laughs> we were ready for this trip, you know. And... We get to the first place, and we get back on the bus, and, and, and Randy says, okay, who saw a deaf ear open? You know, a couple hands go up. Who saw a blind eye? At least one blind eye open. A couple more hands go up. Anybody see paralysis? Uh, go away. Anybody get out of a wheelchair? Anybody throw their crutches away? A couple more hands go up. Every stop, he's asking this. More and more hands are going up. More and more. Pretty soon, everybody's hands are going up except Chad. Chad from Ohio has been with us this whole time, nothing's happening for Chad. So people stop sitting by Chad. They don't want to sit by Chad. I go, well, I don't know what's on him, but I don't want it on me. And we're at the last venue. We get there, and it's 7,000 people in plastic stackable chairs. And Randy does that thing he does, and hundreds of people get saved before he even preaches, and then he preaches, and it goes late into the evening, and then he says, who wants prayer? And so 3,000 of the 7,000 want prayer. There's 40 of us. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to be here all night. And we're, and we're there, and there's people stacked around us, just stacked around us. You cannot see the next prayer team member. It's just you surrounded by Portuguese. We have learned three Portuguese words. Mice, which means more, which is kind of hard for an English-speaking guy. You know, like, mice, mice, little white rat, little white rat, mice, fogo, it's fire, Spiritus Santos, okay? And paz, we, we had paz too, so. Mice, mice, fogo. You know, you're trying to not do that over and over and over. Now, Chad is standing there. He's surrounded by people. He can't get out, and, and nobody else can get to him. And there's an interpreter, and they bring this little girl. This little girl who's about eight years old, her legs are bowed from shuffling her feet in this little carriage thing that has wheels on it. She's never walked a day in her life. She has calluses up the side of her legs from just pushing herself in this little cart. And he looks at her, and he's like, oh, no, oh, no, you need a miracle. This is a no-miracle zone here. 
ho, 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 okay, uh, uh, mice, mice, Fogo, mice, mice, Fogo, help, mice, Fogo. And the little girl says, through the interpreter, my feet, my feet are getting hot. He says, what? <laughs> mice, mice, Fogo, mice, mice, Fogo. She says, my legs, my legs are on fire. He says, mice, Fogo, <laughs> mice. She says, my whole body, my whole body's on fire. And Chad turns into Benny Hinn. <laughs> Lift her out of there. So they lift this little girl out of this carriage, and pretty soon they're, they're carrying her back and forth, and he's going, Mice! Mice, Spiritus Santos! And pretty soon this little girl's walking for the first time in her life. So they get Randy's attention. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. They get Randy's attention, and she walks up these steps, and it's like everybody in the room knows her. It's just crazy, like Brazil won the... World Cup in there. It's just crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, man, we are going to be here all night. <laughs> and pretty soon, you know, other people are getting healed, and we get back in the bus, and, and Randy says, and so who saw a little girl walk for the first time in her life? Chad raises his hand. Yeah. Everybody's all happy. We get back the next day. We had to pick up some equipment. We pull it in that parking lot at that same venue, and so, some lady comes running across the parking lot onto the bus. We're like, oh. This is kind of unscheduled. <laughs> and she says, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you the rest of that story of that little girl. I go, yeah, okay, what? She came to that meeting with a friend of the family. That friend takes her home, opens the door. The little girl walks in the house. The whole family is there. They just burst into tears. They cannot believe what is going on. They say, how does this happen? And the lady says, and the friend of the family shares the gospel with them, and they all got saved that night. What? What? Now, that'll do something to your motorhome trip through the States, you know? I mean, it will ruin you. And in doing so, you now have a grace that covers your dreams. Those dreams that are in you when you partner with God, they, they empower the, that dream to actually come true. And whether you realize it or not, your life has been a threat to the devil your entire existence. As soon as you find out why you're here, and the unique wiring that expresses itself through your dreams, and you partner with heaven to see those things happen, you are a threat to the devil. So the best thing he can come up with is, let's teach the Christians that it's selfish to dream. And then let's condemn them for being selfish. We all know the verse that uh, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable without repentance. But what it literally translates into is that God has made a charitable donation to your organism. And he is never sorry he did it. 
He's never sorry that he made a massive contribution to who you are and who you have become. Regardless of what you've done with it. We all know people who've got these incredible gifts and anointings. We go, gosh, if I was God, I'd take that anointing away from them. Look what they're doing with it. And God says, I am never sorry that I invested all that I have into you. And so the question, it begs the question, so what are you going to do with it, right? Because the, the, the main block for dreams coming true is being courageous enough to walk them out. Uh, I remember a prophet friend of mine one time said that the, that the dogs of doom guard the doors of your destiny. And when you get close to that door, you hear the dog, ah, you better get away from this door. You're going to fail. You'll be humiliated. You'll be destroyed. And so we back away from the, the door, and we pretend like we didn't hear it. And if you haven't heard the dogs for a while, it's because you're nowhere near your door. Dreams take courage. Courage to walk right up to that door. Reach through the fear. And as soon as you do, these motion lights come on. And all of a sudden you can see. And all of a sudden you realize, wait a second. These aren't 200-pound Rottweilers. These are chihuahuas with megaphones. <laughs> what in the world? No animals were actually harmed in that illustration. <laughs> Come on. Come back. Just imagine. Just ask yourself this question. If you knew there was no way you could fail, what would you try? Or better yet, if you were 10 times more courageous than you are right now, what would you be doing? See, there's where your dreams are. Anybody ever heard of a little show called uh, America's Got Talent? American Idol, Britain's Got Talent. That's how it works. Hi, my lovely. Hi. Welcome to America's Got Talent. How are you? Um, a little bit nervous. That's okay to be nervous. That's totally understandable. What's your name? Courtney. And how old are you? 13. Oh, 13. Wow. Um, what's your favorite subject in school? Music. What kind of music? I don't know. <laughs> you're very sweet. And I'm guessing you're gonna be singing for us? Yeah. Listen, don't be nervous. I know this is a big stage and there's lots of people here, but you're here for a reason, so. Go for it, and good luck. Thank you.
you like this shy little thing when you first came out, and then you sing and you're like a lion. Who's the happiest person in that crowd? Her daddy. I don't know how he got so ripped off in the eyes of his children looking back at him. Everybody in that audience is cheering someone who pushed through the fear. Grab that handle, open that door, realize their dreams. Everybody wishes they had the courage to do it. We watch movies about people doing it. We, we read books about people doing it. We're so excited to see other people do it. But the invitation from heaven for us is for you to answer the question, what's your dream? What's your dream? So your daddy can give you a little kiss and say, I love you. Tell me what your dream is. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. It's, it's really great to, oh, I pray everybody in this city gets saved. That's great. That's great. Awesome. What's your dream? Well, that is my dream. No, you, that's you guessing my dreams. What's your dream? My dream is to get in a race car and go 200 miles an hour around a circle. <laughs> Here you go. Seriously? That matters to you? Yeah. Let's all stand together. For those of you who are watching on television, Jesus loves you. For the rest of you that are here, Jesus is not done with you yet. Put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, come. The Bible says that uh, in Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter prophesies Job chapter 2, and he says, this is that. This is that which was spoken of, that when the Spirit of the Lord would come and touch all flesh, that your young men would prophesy and your old men would dream dreams again. It, it doesn't mean because they're taking naps. It means that it, it's because when the Spirit of the Lord touches us, it ignites a hope that is beyond what we could ever accomplish on our own. That's a dream. Dream come true. And I know there's a lot of life in this room. There's a lot of life lived in this room. And that is generally how we run out of dreams, is we get discouraged. Things don't work out the way we'd hoped they would. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you come in this place, that you give permission to dreamers again, that you give permission to your children to be dreamers again. And Lord, that you heal hope all over this room. That hope is restored. 
hearts begin to hope again where they have been afraid to or discouraged from. And Lord, that you wipe sickness out of this room. Sickness leaves the heart now in Jesus' name. And help us pay attention. where you're bringing dreams to life. The Lord told me to write down a hundred dreams in 2003. I wrote to start writing. It was not an easy chore. But I'll tell you what. I had to write more than a hundred. Because he's so good at this. I love you. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.